Keltec is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. It's not bad. I mean, it's uh, I, I have no complaints about Michigan whatsoever. We have a lot to do here that I don't think people quite realize, especially when you get up into the north. I mean, we have basically yeah, nice. yeah, UP is awesome. I mean, we got like ocean quality, you know, freshwater lakes that are they're just massive. So it's unreal it's how, a, how massive they are. I went up Huron's on the right. Huron's on the right, and then they meet at the uh, at the bridge. Huron and Michigan meet. Oh, yeah, at the I didn't realize that. Yeah, you got you got that bridge right there. I mean, really, they're the same fucking. It's mm-hmm. the same, but one's Lake Michigan on the left, and then Lake. Okay, yep. So it was Lake Huron. Lake Huron. And then they're it's like connected an ocean. by a gap. There, there's a gas pipeline that runs underneath that bridge. Oh damn! And it's like that can't be safe. Frick, no, and it's uh, like near near decay, like like bad bad levels. And so there's been like a huge debate in the state on whether or not they should shut it down or keep it open. But it'll be like a Chernobyl level event if that thing fails. Oh, it'll yeah. be devastating. I can imagine. It'll kill all the freaking fish and oh yeah, everything around there. It'll be devastating. They're not as clean as uh, you would hope. Most people don't. I mean, people still eat the fish out of the inland lakes. Not many do anymore, though. I mean, it's there's contaminants everywhere. What are you going to do? Yeah, they got a lot of industrial dumping that goes on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Big Three. And then in downtown Detroit, you've got the Detroit River down there that spills into Lake St. Clair, which is another big lake. Um, and... Uh, it's funny, like they have a limit on how many uh, fish you're supposed to eat from the Detroit <laughs> Detroit River <laughs> Lake Sinclair. Before it's toxic, yeah, because there's a huge walleye population yeah. down there, and so people fish for walleye, and you know, you go out there and catch twenty walleye in a day or whatever the limit is. Yeah. And I brought some home, and my wife was like, "I'm not eating any of those." And I'm like, "No, you can eat three of them, and you, you, you can eat three fine. of them, what and you're fine. About? You're under yeah, the Geiger you counter. <laughs> you don't start glowing until five. <laughs> oh, dude, that's sad. I mean, I laugh, but that is, that's really sad. Yeah. Do you think that's, that's real or do you think that's maybe something they tell people just so they won't overfish it? Mm. People still eat them. They don't care. Um, I would imagine it's probably half truth, half lie, you know, where it's, it was one study that they did at one point in time, like five years ago, and somebody glommed onto it, and then they never released new data or anything. You know how that goes. It's yeah. like you get uh, you get one piece of data, and everybody freaks out. Well, I'm just I don't trust anything anybody tells me anymore. It's just no. Uh, it's just the, we live in a a world of disinformation, and you know I I just have to fact check, double fact, triple fact check everything nowadays before I'll buy into anything. And then well, I'm you still think, skeptical. You think about it. I mean, like before, probably before the 1900s, everyone was probably somewhat skeptical of everything they heard. And then you got into a lull where you had, you know, media that was supposed to be just honest and reporting the facts. And I'm sure they were. And then at some point in time, they just used opinion as news. And now you're in it's a slog of like trying to figure out what's opinion and what's news. And they blend the, they blur the lines so well that it's almost impossible to figure out. And then I, I, I start wondering 
how much of this stuff is AI written and how yeah. much of what we're doing on the internet is actually just reading stuff that a you know computer program wrote and we don't even know yeah you know who's doing what and even the videos now you know I, the, I don't know fakes, that that's yeah. really whoever it is that's in front of the camera now is that is that real or is that AI crap well that's the crazy thing too is um you see like there's deep fakes out there right now that look pretty close but you can tell that they're fake cuz the mouth is a little blurry the voice sounds almost perfect yeah but those are just people like you and I who are like somewhat computer savvy and have a program that does it. You know that the production studios have ones oh, that are almost perfect. The government has guaranteed the you know the government has yeah stuff that's. There was a movie that that was, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was just it was that scenario to where they they would kill actors. And they would digitally recreate them for the their movies. Oh and stuff. man! Do you remember that? It was like back in the eighties or early nineties. Yeah, 90s. I think I know what you're talking about. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, but they were thinking about that shit way back then, even you know before we even were. And it's like Star Trek technology. You know, stuff in Star Trek is now becoming reality. What do they say? We're like the public is like twenty or thirty years behind what the government actually has. Oh, at least, if not more. And then they got, you know, you've got the CIA with programs that work with the movie studios to seed information. So yeah, it's you know, you, know, you really never they, know what you're where do they get this for. technology? You know, where did it come from? And a lot of people, you know, especially our, um, you know, our, our electronic, our aerospace technology. A lot of people think that you know it's from technology that they got from Roswell from the from the crash site which brings us oh, yeah. to our topic today leadheads because <laughs> I was going to ask him about this we have uh, Mr. Ben Ryder with Kraken Cases joining us ladies and gentlemen Ben welcome What's in What's going on Thanks for uh, having me Do you want me to give your other credentials as well do you want people nah, to Nah Kraken's Kraken's cool All right we'll just talk Kraken today but uh he's also associated with another uh, well-known firearms related company but uh, we'll talk about that another day we're talking cracking cases today and for those who were following us uh, during christmas we did that big giveaway our ten thousand dollar worth of prizes giveaway and uh, kraken was a big participant in that and we really appreciate you taking part and uh, hooking our lead heads up with those with your awesome awesome cases there but absolutely what's cool about these cases is the foam you know and that's where i'm getting with the roswell part of this and we're gonna we're gonna get into that but uh ben we do this thing on the show you know before we kind of get into this it's called the planes and trains segment it's where we take care of some jack wagons and we <laughs> honor some heroes on the show here gunny bring that train in hoorah semper pie do or die hold them high at eight the nine it is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week so brace yourself baby <laughs> But before we, uh, this train has station, but before we do that, I got to give thanks to our sponsors. So, you know, got to pay some bills here. Make sure you guys go and check out Mission First Tactical. If uh, you didn't listen to our previous episode, we did a interview with them and they did another Leadhead exclusive interview there at SHOT Show. And they've got a new, I don't know how you describe it, they call it their Pro Series holsters. And it does away with the, the screw and washer retention. And it's it's all rare earth magnet. It's a magnet retention system that they've put in their their holsters. 
and it's it's really awesome. So we talk about that new holster that they've got. They've got three patents on that holster, their new holster that they've got out. And we talk about that with Bobby McGee and uh, our good buddy Dave at Mission First Tactical. And they've also come out with a belly band, and I, I got one. I don't have it here. Uh, I actually went to the gym right before this, and I had it with me, so it's in my car. But they've got a belly band holster now that's really nice, and it's not that, you know, you've seen them online, those hot neoprene belly band, you know, holsters. Uh, this is really lightweight. It's breathable, and, you know, it doesn't really make you have that neoprene sweat nasty feel when you're when you're wearing them um, but it's it's great for your compact guns um, extra magazines it's got uh, two administrative pockets on it we talk about that so make sure you go back check that out and then uh, i know you're going to want to buy those so go to their website missionfirsttactical.com use code leadhead and you'll get 20 percent off there for that so there you go Let's uh, let's do some jack wagons here, and I know you're probably not familiar with this. And when I sent you that message, we do this segment called Planes and Trains and Jack Wagons. You're like, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> so, lay it on me. I'm gonna lay it on you. I've got one um, that I'm gonna throw out there, and for some reason, I've been picking on the service industry lately, um, Ben. Um, I've been getting out more, I guess. I don't know since I got my new hip, uh, and I've been going to the gym. You know, I've been more active, so I've been getting out and about, and a lot has changed, and it, it's surprising to me, especially the service industry. Uh, so I went to Sonic last night. I got. Are a, they still on? Uh, are they still on roller skates at Sonic? No, no. That, no they cut I mean, those they out. Barely, they <laughs> barely even serve you there. So, um, I got uh, my birthday was not too long ago, so I got some. Sonic gift cards because I like their ice cream there. You know, I like getting those blast, and so I went to Sonic, and I was ordering one of those blast, and I was looking at the menu, and I, you know, I got the medium. I was being, you know, semi-responsible. I didn't get the large. Yeah, you health conscious. You wanted know. a little, yeah, I'm health conscious. I want yeah. to get something more than the small, so I was like, all right, I go with the medium, and I ordered that, and the lady on the other end, she was. Um, she goes, our, our mediums are now 16 ounces instead of 20 ounces. Is that okay? <laughs> and she asked, she's, is that okay? And I, you know, I paused for a minute. I'm like, I'm like no, no, that's not okay. <laughs> and she goes, well, it's a corporate thing. Corporate has changed it. And, you know, they've, and I, and I said, okay, but are you charging me the same price? She said, yeah, it's the same price. So you're basically charging a medium price for a small product. Yep. And she's like, well, corporate, to she kept going back to well, corporate. I was like, but your menu says that it's 20 ounces and it's, you know, this price. I said, that's what I'm ordering. What's on your menu here? She's like, well, it's a corporate thing. And they, they changed it at corporate. I was like, well, your menu doesn't say that you're false advertising yeah. here. I was just, I knew she didn't know and she couldn't do anything <laughs> about it. But I was just, I was giving her a hard time about it. And these people at corporate know that people are going to get flack over this. Oh, yeah. You know, and they don't know how to deal with it. And then people are just going to get frustrated and say, screw you. You know, I'm not giving you my business. Or they're just like, like she said, hey, it's 16 instead of 20 ounces. Now, is that okay? And a lot of people, you know, they're in a hurry and they don't give, they don't really, it doesn't register. And they're just like, fine, whatever. 
you know. So yep. they're letting these these corporations take advantage of us, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just like it's you know we're going to fleece you, and then you're going to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's and the we're the interesting fucking thing you about over, that. and you're going to be okay with it. Oh, yeah. Well, instead of raising the price, which they probably raised the price also, I don't know what the price was before, but, you know, they they try and slip in a a reduction in how much you're actually getting. And if it's the same price, then most people probably won't even pay attention or know that they're getting less. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, they're just trying to sneak it through rather than just raise the price and keep it the same. Had she not mentioned it, I probably wouldn't have even noticed myself between a 16 and a 20 ounce. I would have got my thing and you know, I might yeah. be like, well, well, what? Yeah, I guess that's probably twenty ounces, whatever. I mean, I don't know. So, um, yeah, uh, Jack wagons, uh, Sonic, and anybody else who's trying to put one over on your customers. I mean, that's completely ridiculous. Because if they changed it on the menu, it'd be fine. If the menu reflected what you know was happening, then that's fine. Because I did this at Whataburger also. I'd never been to Whataburger before. And I went to Whataburger a few days ago. It sounds like I'm eating really healthy, doesn't it, guys? With my new, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about you going to the gym. You're, you know, you're balancing it out. I know. I was talking about this with Ton Jones the other day too. He's like, he's like, I went to the gym. He's like, what's a gym? He goes, oh, that's that place that's across <laughs> from all my fast food restaurants. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, but you know, same thing. It's just the. the there is no customer service anymore, and it's just these restaurants basically expect you to just take it because we we have become so complacent and just you know give me what you got and I'll give you anything for it. I mean, yeah, without question, we don't question anything anymore. No, that's my jack wagon, Sonic. There you go. What about you? You got anybody that fits in that criteria that you'd like to call out as? being stupid or dumb or it could be a person it could be a thing it could be anything <laughs> man i don't know geez you put me on the spot i don't know i mean it um th- that kind of stuff happens everywhere now and it's the more you go out wow. you know a lot of yeah. people are getting back out more in general back out into the world and you just see i, I think more so for me is just the people that i see that are driving and literally have their phones up to their face and they're texting. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Everybody does it, but it's, you know, you're on the freeway and you're going 70 and the person next to you is just like this. And it's like, what the hell are you even looking at? Right. What, what is so important <laughs> that you're doing that? Um, but especially up here in Michigan, I mean, we had like a bunch of snowstorms in the last week and you see idiots that are just in the ditch and they're, you know, they're in their, their two wheel, like micro cars. And if you drive a micro car, that's fine. I don't, you know, no, no harm, no foul, sure. but you got to learn how to drive Maybe in the you snow. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of idiots out there that I could harp on all day, but I don't know. I wouldn't even know where to, <laughs> where to start. Yeah. I might not stop once I start. Well, and you know that you bring up a good point because I've noticed that also. Now I am guilty of when I'm in my car looking at my phone and checking, you know, a text message or something that comes through, but I do it when I'm like at a stop. Yeah. I don't, I don't do it while I'm, I'm driving. If, if I, my phone goes off while I'm driving, it just sits there. You know, it's like, it can wait, you know, whatever. But it's just, it's too dangerous um, to do anything else. But yeah, man, that's a good jack wagon. I like that. Yeah. 
I like that. So give me a minute. I could probably think of a couple more. I might bring some up halfway through. Well, that's fine. <laughs> There's no time limits on jack wagon, so you know, <laughs> I've been halfway, th- you know, almost done with the show and come up with a jack wagon. So we can do that. Let's counter that and uh, let's do it with some some heroes. Let's honor a hero, somebody who's making a difference in our community, in our world. It could be a thing, could be a person as well, just like a jack wagon. You know, anybody come to mind right off that you'd like to? to honor as being a hero and give him a ride on lead force one. I tell you what, man, there's a guy on um, Instagram that I follow. I think his name is Victor Marks. Uh, I might be off on his name, but he does um, rescue of uh, trafficked children and kids that are kidnapped. And um, I think that kind of stuff is probably one of the most important things that uh, that's happening right now. That's, you know, underreported, under discussed is, you know, just human trafficking in general and especially children. So anybody that's out there putting themselves on the line doing that kind of stuff, I think, is at least a hero in my book. And, you know, they're doing something that a lot of people are just overlooking. So. Absolutely. And uh, I did an interview. Speaking of that, I did an interview at SHOT Show, and I haven't posted this interview yet. So I'll put it in the in the next one that I post, guys. But uh, this gentleman by the name of Nick and Carell, I can't remember. Nick was... Uh, Almshaw and Carell, I can't remember Carell's last name, but that's what they do is they go out and they help rescue and find people who are being human trafficked. Trafficked? Mm-hmm. Is that the word? <laughs> trafficked, I think. Trafficked. <laughs> yeah, being human trafficked. Um, but, you know, listen to, to their stories. And they specialize in the service industry, uh, security, specifically security in the service industry. So, you know, like uh, high-profile bars. Like if you go downtown Nashville and you hit those bars, you know they're the guys that set up the the security and and whatnot for those. So, uh, but they were just talking about how how much are in in the service industry that you see the human trafficking and yeah. Uh, but that's a good interview, so that's one coming up. So yeah, definitely great hero right there. I like that. You know, those guys definitely get a ride on Lead Force One. <laughs> All right. Uh, any more? Anybody else? That's all I've got. No, no. I think uh, I'm going to give that podcast a listen, though. Anytime you hear behind the scenes stuff that's going on and these guys are going out, a lot of times they'll do undercover, too. Yeah. Where they'll go out and, you know, try and actually. What's the, uh, you know, the big, the guy that was on uh, Top Shot, former Navy SEAL, um, Craig Sawman Sawyer? Yep. That's what he does. Yeah. He does that stuff, too. Yeah. He goes out and busts bus people on that. Yeah. I think he does it down in Texas. Um, he does it I all can't over. remember. I think he does it all yeah. over the, the world. I had an author on, um, this guy's written, and they were fictional books, but it was about human trafficking and really good books. I wish I could remember uh, the name of the books, but uh, a listener of ours, um, Pierce Taylor, it's his dad, William Taylor, who wrote these books, and that's kind of what he did or I don't know if he still does, but, um, you know, specialized in finding and rescuing um, human trafficked people. So uh, go back, check that episode out, Lead Hits. It's a good one. All right, Ganny, get that train out of here. We want to talk about this this alien uh, <laughs> material that Ben has devised. He and his, his co-founder of Kraken Cases... Um, and as we're talking about this, Ben, I'm going to pull up your website for our, sure. 
our viewing audience here. And um, for those who aren't, if you're listening, you go to Kraken Cases, K-R-A-K-E-N-C-A-S-E-S dot com. Yep. And you can uh, you can follow along with us here. So uh, start sharing. Uh, that, there's my cheat sheet on finding the the Great Lakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here it is, and here's a video. And so I got exposed to this when I went to Gunsight, and our our friend Tom Tom Raider was yep. there, and he he had a couple of these cases and he was showing us these cases and it, it it was amazing it was just like you couldn't believe what what this foam is doing here so walk us through and talk about your cases and what sets them apart from you know other typical like pelican and these are hard cases guys that we're talking about yeah so um we started this uh in 2020 um right before the pandemic started which is a really awesome time to get started on something yeah, like yeah. this Woo-hoo. especially manufacturing where you have to be in a building um so we um you know the the kind of origin of this was a, a personal hatred that i have for pick and pluck foam and laser cut foam i never really felt like it was the best solution or the right solution because the modern gun owner today has way more than one firearm, you know, more than one AR with a different optic on it. And so as a gun owner, you know, the, the, you know, constriction that you get with having a case that has specialized foam in it for a specific firearm really causes a lot of issues, at least in my eyes, either you have one case and that's what you carry and you only take one gun in the range or you have 25 different foam inserts. And so, the you know the kind of brain child of this was like well why hasn't anyone done it with with a memory foam type insert yeah. something that rebounds that can take the characteristics of whatever you put in it rather than you know buying it as a one and you know one use only for an AR with a with an ACOG or a you know a LPVO or something like that why not just have something that works with everything and that's where we started you know rather than try and redesign a new case we said, let's start from the inside. And that's that's really where this all began. So we spent about three years actually in development on the foam, trying to figure out what's the best way to do this? How are we gonna approach this? What does it look like? How does it feel? How does it react? You know, rebound times and, and really everything that goes into this to get to where we're at today with Kraken, which is memory foam inserts um, within hard cases. We actually don't manufacture our cases. I don't know how many people actually know that. They are white labeled cases, which you know we're happy to share. Sure. Um, we make the foam. And so the cases for us are a delivery mechanism to actually be able to provide the foam as a solution. Um, we choose crush proof cases, you know, waterproof, watertight, um, you know, all the cases, the case characteristics that you would want from a Pelican and SKB, and we fill it with our foam. And so we started with a pistol case, which we felt was the best way to get it out there as a reasonably priced offering so that people could test it, see what it's all about as we roll out bigger cases. Um, it is a premium product, but it reduces your need to be to have to buy foam inserts. I mean, if you go out and you buy a, you know, a Pelican or an SKB or whatever case it was with laser cut inserts, mm-hmm. you're you're in the $450 to $500 range if you go on my case builder or you use a local guy to laser cut. It's not cheap. Yeah. And then you're stuck you're stuck with that one. I always always so, found, I didn't understand why people would laser cut it because again, with that foam, you could just lay whatever in there 
and you're still fine. You didn't, you don't really need the laser cut, you know, that foam anyway, but, but a lot of people I'm like, Oh yeah. Well, I think what the challenge you come into is that you don't have really strong compression on that. And so without creating a cavity in that foam, you have travel that can occur, especially on an impact. So let's say you put two ARs in there with optics and you close that up. If you drop that, it, there is a good likelihood that everything will just slide down because there's no grip on that foam. It It's not really meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Same with pick and pluck. And really, you know, if you're using it in that manner, the likelihood that it's going to shred and get destroyed after, you know, a couple months is pretty high. Right. So that was another kind of um, place for us, which we felt was important, was how can we make this as durable as possible? So our foam is actually two components. So we have the memory foam, um, which is the the main part of it. And then we actually have a skin layer on it that has a lot more um, of these kind of uh, long-term, you know, characteristics that will keep this foam intact and keep it working. Some nice you know. attributes. So it's, it's cut and abrasion resistant. Yep. Which, which so is you can, nice. You can run razor blades over the top of it. Um, you know, the harder you push, the more likely you are that you may nick or cut it, but it still performs exactly like it should. There, it's not, it's not one of those things where you will like hack it up and then it's destroyed. I mean, you can run a knife over it and you likely will not even see a cut mark on it, Um, which is important. I mean, you're throwing hard angle objects in there made of metal, things that, you know, have a tendency to pull and tug and rip traditional foams, which are far less likely with ours because of the skin layer that's on there. Yeah. I would imagine that that skin layer also has to have the, the flexibility and Yep. Uh, the memory and all that as well. Um, but that's yeah. why, you know, this, this stuff is just, it's, it's science, it's science out of, out of outer space. So that's why I was like, did you go and, and raid <laughs> area 51 and, and get this, this info? Where, where does this come from? This sounds like stuff that they found in the Roswell crash. <laughs> so my, my, uh, business partner actually worked in the foam industry for, you know, close through a decade, which is kind of how we joined forces on this. Um, so he had a lot of technical know-how. Um, this is all liquid dispensed. So with traditional foams, you have a lot of waste. Um, the way that, you know, pick and pluck or a lot of these other foams are made, they come out in big sheets from a machine and then they die cut them. So you have a lot of waste materials that come out of this. We actually liquid pour. So there's almost no waste in our manufacturing process, um, which is really nice. Yeah. We we create molds for these. They're specific to the cases that we run. Um, it's also why our new product releases take a little bit more time than a traditional, you know, laser cut because we're actually going out and R and Ding new cases as we, you know, as we release them and creating molds for them and and you know doing a lot more process behind it than just cutting foam. Right. So some more attributes um, when you add this this layer, this skin on there, it's water and oil resistant. So, you know, if you put your gun cleaning oil in there and it opens up and it spills out, then it's not going to seep into the actual foam itself. That skin protects it. Uh, And then it's also heat resistant. Talk about that, that attribute of it. Yeah, so the the skin and the foam are both uh, sustained heat um, rated to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And then the skin can take bursts of up to 800 degrees. So those matches that I threw on there, the standard um, heat of a lit match is between 700 and 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So, 
you know, with a traditional um, foam, you throw it on there, it lights on fire right away. Um, with our foam, you can throw those matches on there, they'll go out. And really what happens is, is if it gets too hot, you have the uh, breakdown of a chemical, and then you can literally wipe off the material that has broken down because of the heat and mm -hmm. still use it. So it will almost self-heal after a while um, if it's exposed to heat over 800 degrees. So you can continue using it even after that. You just wipe it and off. And even if something happened, it's just you yeah. wipe and it why off. Why that's your, good your, for a gun guy is mm -hmm. you know, if you're out shooting, you, you know, you got to wait for your guns to cool off if you're going to put them in that, that, you know, that traditional foam. But with this, then you know, for most guns, you can just, you can go ahead and just, you know, plop it in there and you can go and you don't have to worry about damaging your, your foam at all. Yeah. Which most people are going to do anyways. I mean, they're, you know, you'll probably have the more educated shooters that are waiting and letting things cool down. A lot of guys I've seen guys at the range shoot and immediately throw it in their case and leave, especially if they're on a time bay, they want to get out of there. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't, um, you know, we didn't want to cut corners when it came to durability and functionality, um, which is why we spent so much time in R and D rather than, you know, out in the, in the wild R and Ding at the same time that we were live. Yeah. So, um, you were talking about the, you guys, you started off with the pistol case. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the gamma case in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like the case. And the reason that I like it is that one thing that our foam does that traditional foams do not allow is give you an, you know, what, what you would normally have with a pick and pluck or a laser cut foam is that you would have your base layer that's the bottom padding. You'd have the center insert, which is the you know the cutout, and then you close the lid. So with ours, because everything is is memory foam, you can actually load up the bottom layer of that with a pistol and mags or two pistols, put the middle layer up on top, and then put another two pistols in there or another pistol and mags or really whatever you would want and close it up. And I always use my phone. I've got a case here. Um, Hold on, let me uh, switch our camera angle on. Oh, sure. <clears throat> so I always use this. This is a gamma case, and um, it's about the same as my phone. And so what I always like to show is that the foam itself, let me just close that up there. So the foam itself is flexible enough that you can actually just close it all the way down with oh, your wow. phone sitting up top. So you can fill that case up and, you know, load so it up our, to the gill. For our listening gill. audience who aren't watching the video, what he did is he stuck his phone in, um, not flat, but on its edge, and he closed the lid over it that way. Um, yep. And it, it closed without any problem and didn't do any damage to the, the phone. Yeah, so for those that, that aren't watching, I mean, you can get the foam down to just a, a couple, you know, two, three millimeters. So, you know, as you really push down on that, you have almost the entire depth of the case to be able to store gear in there and still provide cushion and protection within there. So it's a it's a benefit of um, it's a benefit of the foam in that you get maximized storage within whatever case has the foam in it. Yeah. What's um, the depth because of the, just, the case? The depth of the case? Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, four inches on the bottom, just about four inches, and then roughly an inch, uh, just under an inch on the top okay. for the pistol case, the gamma case. And it comes with how many foam layers? 
So you have a bottom layer in here, and then um, the bottom layer and the mid layer are roughly 1.75 inches. Okay. And then um, your top layer, which is just shy of an inch up top. So, um, you know, you can just use the top if you want to. Or you can use the bottom layer and the mid layer to store gear. Yeah. Um, and we get feedback from a lot of folks too that they're shocked that they can take so many pistols and you know items within one single case to the range or for traveling, which is also really nice if you're traveling with more than one pistol. Right. And I was going to ask you: Are these uh, TSA uh, approved kind of things? So you can you can travel yep. on the airlines with these, lock them yeah, up, hundred percent, and do all that because that's yep. where you know this would really come in handy uh is is for those of you who like to travel with your firearms uh and you know it's like he said this is going to keep the the movement there's no movement whatsoever once you put them in this and and lock them down uh but then you know it's going to protect them also from because we all know that again the service industry the airline industry is probably the (laughs) worst of anybody and they're going to kick and throw and you know slam your shit around and they, they don't care they don't give two craps about it. So, um. yeah, the most the most extreme thing we've done with the gamma case is we threw it out of a, a helicopter at 100 feet. Um, and Tom Raider was there. He so um, <laughs> Tom is a friend of ours, and he's a medic, a former um, Navy medic. And he had he does current stuff in the medical field also, and he had some vials of epinephrine and other you know medicine. So. We put a G48 with a red dot on the top layer and then a vial of epinephrine in the bottom layer, closed it up and threw it out of a helicopter at 100 feet and both survived. Um, and, you know, a little cool. glass vial in there, you'd think yeah. that that would shatter or the gun would come down on top of it, but everything survived in there. So cool. I think, you know, when you really get into extreme heights and doing things like that, I think that the case is going to be any case, whether it's a Pelican or, uh, you know, a Nanook or whatever it would be, would be the weak point before the foam. Um, because the foam does give more of a cushion. It moves with the, whatever's in there rather than be a stiff force against it when it drops. Yeah. Um, and even if you see like the new DACA system from Magpul, I mean, those are very firm, rigid pieces of foam. And so, you know, it will stay. I mean, you're stuck in one spot and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you have, you know, drop resistance in terms of things being stuck there, but it's like hitting a brick wall rather than with our foam, it will move with that product as it drops and give you more of a protection than, than a standard foam. Yeah. So what's the name of your foam? You have a name. So it's just cracking foam. Um, we're toying around with naming it or not. Um, we're still, we're, we're in still like heavy, just get product out the door right now. We know we need to. It's, uh, it is a vital thing for us to name the foam, but, um, right now, I was calling it crack and foam. I think it that's is a perfect pending, name. So. Just leave it crack and foam. That's that's yeah. great. I like that. Um, hey, if any of your listeners have any ideas, we're open to suggestions. Okay, on the foam. there you go. Maybe maybe we'll <clears> give <throat> them give them something. Uh, whoever you pick, if they come up with the best name, you'll give them a case. Yeah, hundred percent. We're coming up with the best. Um, name. And so the foam is, uh, we do have a pending patent, a utility patent on memory foam and hard cases as well. So actually using memory foam for this purpose is not something that's been done or patented in the past. So we are in process on that right now as well. Nice. Now, um, as we're recording this, uh, it's just days. It's only been a couple of days, but you released a rifle case. We did. So you've got a rifle case out now. Talk about that. Yeah, so the Sigma case is our first 
Yeah, so the Sigma is our first rifle case, and um, it's really meant for uh, like AR, range, travel, that kind of application. Um, I love to hunt, and I hunt a ton, but the first case that we did, we wanted broad kind of appeal and, and use. So um, with this one, we took a different approach. So I will say the memory foam is going to be a little bit heavier than traditional foam. It's just the, the way that the foam is. Um so what we did was we developed a hybrid system for this one. And we will sell this down the road or we'll sell replacements with a third uh, memory foam layer, but we're actually using closed cell foam in the bottom layer. And then we're now creating an ecosystem that works with all of our cases. So one thing I think that's lacking is in other, in the industry in general is like you buy a case and that case is only good for that. But what we wanna do is if you buy a gamma case those inserts are now interchangeable with the Sigma rifle case. So in that hybrid layer below the top layer of memory foam are close, uh, is a closed cell frame. And then there's uh, insert areas within there. So you can actually take out those memory foam inserts. You see the pistols on there and you can, you know, put in the magazine inserts that we have, or we'll have additional inserts that'll come out down the road. And those will be interchangeable with the gamma case as well. So what we want to do is create maximum flexibility and also maximum value for the buyer of these cases. Because I just, I look at this and I say, okay, yeah, we could have done a memory foam layer on the bottom and that could have been standard. But when you start getting into accessories and small parts and things like that, they'll have a tendency to roll around before you close it up. So we wanted to have a little bit more structure and how you actually pack this out and give people a little bit more in terms of saying like, all right, if you're going to the range, you can take four AR mags, six pistol mags, two pistols, two suppressors, and we're also including a small accessories uh, case in there as well and a desiccant pack. So you can now load this thing out for, you know, whatever you would want we had someone call it a war box which i think is a good you know a good description for it because the top layer you can fit any two rifles that are 42 inches or or shorter up top and those will be encapsulated in memory foam in the lid and middle layer and then below that you can take all your accessories a couple pistols really anything you would want um and load it up and take it and rather than having 20 range bags two cases you know for two different rifles with some accessories you can fit it all in one case now yeah, very nice. And what's the length on this? So the exterior is uh, just over 44, and the interior is 42 inches. Okay. So you got 42 inches long by 14 and a half wide um, to store. And you can comfortably, comfortably fit two ARs up top in the memory foam layer of the case. Get it back here. I think you've got the measurements on here. Yeah, base depth, length, 5.2. Three seven. Five. Am I looking at the right? That's the. Oh, oh I'm looking at the Icarus. Oh. I don't know. <clears throat> you got the Icarus on your Sigma. No, that's the. Uh, that yeah. is the micro case that comes with it. So the oh, micro case okay. fits inside of the uh, the hybrid layer, and, oh, and it's essentially a small case that's meant for Allen wrenches, set yeah, screws, tools. things that you would take with you to the range. Yeah. Okay. So that comes with it. I yep. missed that somewhere. I was just I thought it was yeah. like you can fit it in there, but it actually comes with it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it comes with it. So when with with the Sigma rifle case, you get the case, um, which is an SKB case. Um, it has two layers of memory foam. It has the hybrid layer, and with that hybrid layer, you get 
a, uh, a gamma memory foam insert, which is, you know, perfect for pistols. You get two of the Icarus size inserts, which are good for suppressors, shooting glasses, um, four of the micro cell inserts for magazines. And then you get a micro case, um, which we were just discussing, and then a desk and packet as well. Very nice. I'm digging this. Here's the link. So there's here. a ton. 45, yeah. 45 inches, 17 exterior width. You got a height of 6.25, interior length 42.5, interior width 14.5, interior lid depth 1.25, and then the base depth of four inches. Cool. Very cool. I mean, there's there's unlimited uses for these cases. And of course, we're relating it to the firearms industry because that's what we're in. But uh, again, you know, the medical industry, like you're talking with Tom, trans yep. transporting um, vital liquids that they need and they, they use, um, transporting those. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, unlimited. Put your, your high dollar optics in there when you're traveling. You want to make sure yep. that they're protected. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of what your, you can put your in. Your peanut butter in, jelly sandwich, <laughs> your bag of so chips. We, did, did you see the bag of I, chips that we did? Yeah, I did see that. I was pretty shocked by that. You should tell him about that, though, because I still like half the time stuff, you know, people share stuff with me and I'm like, I didn't really think about that. But that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just it, it just shows how protective that this this foam is. So we were at a gun site at that lockdown event and Tom broke this out. And of course, you guys know me. I've got when I see something new, then my brain just starts racing of all the things that you could do with it other than what it was intended to do. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way my brain works for some reason. I don't know. I just, I lose focus on what it's for. And then I was, Oh, you could also do this and this and this and this. So, um, it was lunchtime and we had these bags of chips. I think it was a bag of Doritos or something. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, I wonder if we put that in the case and close it up, if it would crush the, the chips in the bag. And we did it. And well, I mean, we shook it up and moved it around and all that, and we opened it back up and opened the bag, and the chips were still intact. Yeah, yeah. So this is something for the chip manufacturers because I hate it when you go to the store and half the bag is all crunched up. So you might it's, be able to sell this to the food industry. I, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I, it's gonna be my first call after we get off this podcast. Call Lay. Calling Doritos and calling Lay's. Yeah, calling Lay's. Um, it is one thing that we hear a lot that people are wondering, you know, about the firmness of the foam and if it's actually going to be able to, you know, move and compress and and work with things that are more delicate. And, you know, it's funny when we launched, we actually had a lot of people reach out um, on the cannabis side of things for their glassware um, yeah. because it's, you know, I mean, it's things that them. we hadn't thought about. But, you know, the application obviously makes sense because these guys have, you know, expensive equipment that they're using and and hey you use it all day especially because you can wipe it off well for the rifle case uh -huh. and you look at the the fishing guys you know they have those high dollar rod and reels yep um definitely i mean that would be great for them to transport and protect and you know because yeah. these things are watertight yep yeah watertight dustproof um so the next thing we're looking at actually is uh, camera equipment 
So Lenses. we're doing a, um, yeah. yep. So we're doing a, like the traditional carry on size case, um, the roller case that fits in the overhead, uh, for, you know, photographers, videographers, but then also what, um, what we're going to focus on is kind of like the Milwaukee packout style. Um, you know, the guys, the tradesmen that travel all over the place with their tools, um, they have needs also, and they're using a lot of times, you know, self-made kind of foam solutions that might not work well for their expensive tools. So what I'm showing you is, and I'm yelling now because I'm far away from my mic, but uh, <laughs> when when I go and take the studio on the road, this is, I pack everything in this, in this hard case right here. And I've got no foam whatsoever in there. It's just, I pack it yeah. all in there. And then, you know, I close it and then I travel with that on the, on the planes and, you know, and all that. And I've got some, you know, sensitive equipment with my headphones and my microphones and the, uh, you know, the mixing board over here and yep. my, my computers and, you know, all that. So I got some pretty sensitive equipment that I'm always worried because again, the airlines, you know, yep. that something's going to happen, but I, I, it's a carry on for the most part, but sometimes they won't let me carry it on because some people yeah. are just dicks. And I was like, but I flew out here with it and you're not mm -hmm. going to let me. Um, that's, that's if I could get fear, some foam I, for that, I mean, that would be, that would be 100%. great. Yeah, we're um we're actually working with a photographer to help kind of design the layout for how we're actually going to make the case because it will be another hybrid, um, hybrid system case. So it will be memory foam and closed cell with inserts specific for lenses and things like that. Yeah. Um, but if you tell me what you got in there, we can probably figure something out that'll work in terms yeah. of configuration on that. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe I just need to get a whole new, a whole new case. Maybe you'll come out with yeah. with some kind of case like that. Um, that's, but if you that just, we will. or maybe just sell the phone. Yeah, that's, that's something that we get a lot. And, um, it's definitely something that we want to do, um, you know, in the future, I think for us right now, we want to get the process down. So we're, um, we have a, uh, fully automated line for small cases right now. Um, you know, you think robots coming in and dispensing, you know, uh, taking things off the line and moving it. So we've got, we're automated for that. And then we will be automated for the large cases by this summer. So it's like anything else. I mean, manufacturing behind the scenes is always a headache and a lot of work and a lot of processing. So, you know, once we're in full swing on full automation for large and small cases, we'll start looking at doing foam replacements because it's people want it. I mean, they already own cases. They've got cases that they like. And a lot of guys have stickers that are covering their case. and They yeah. don't ever want to get one because that's like part of kind of their, you know, their travel identity. Yep. <laughs> and so it, it's something that we're, we're definitely looking at and we will be offering in the future. Well, very cool. So, I mean, this is, this is new. You guys haven't been around what, about a year, less than a year with COVID. And yeah. So we've been, um, we've been live to the public since March of last year. So just, just about a year now. Yeah. So, uh, and again, the website is give them the website. Uh, crackencases.com, K-R-A-K-E-N-C-A-S-E-S.com. And then you guys are on the social meds as well. We are, yeah. I uh, I spend too much time on uh, putting content up on TikTok, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we got to be everywhere people are at these days. So you doing the the China the Chinese TikTok? 
Hey, man, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you're doing things for business, you got to do it. Hey, the government, the the U.S. government's already taken all my data anyways, so it's, you know. It's out there. They've got it. China China might as well have it too, right? (laughs) Everybody's probably got it. Yeah. Half the people on the, you know, on the podcast probably have it if they want it. Uh, But you guys on the the grams, you go to at Kraken Case Company. It's K-R-A-K-E-N-C-A-S-E-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y on the grams there. And uh, I'm sure you guys probably post a lot of stuff up there. Um, Hey, look, there's our giveaway that we did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, um, so we've donated some of these, or you've donated a couple of these uh, to our good friends over at Sheepdog Impact Assistance. They've got their annual gala a silent auction um, fundraiser coming up. And um, so, guys, when that gets posted, you'll have an opportunity to bid on on those. So I'll let all you leadheads know when when that happens. Did you send a gun case or did you just send the, the gamma cases? The gamma cases. So okay. we're in production right now on the rifle cases. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So we're in pre-sale right now on those until the end of March, and then those will begin shipping in April. So. Okay. Um, and then also for anyone listening, you can use talking lead, um, at checkout for 10% off, um, any of the cases on the website. And then we're also trying to, you know, we're not trying to stick it to anyone on shipping. Um, so we do flat rate shipping and $5 on small cases. And then the rifle cases will be $20 flat rate and, you know, we'll lose money on shipping, but it's worth it to us to, you know, not you know, hit people with massive shipping bills on stuff that they're ordering because everybody either wants free shipping or, you know, reasonable yeah. shipping. And so we're trying I to tell you, man, I have not bought things because of the shipping. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm cheap. That's just the way I am. You know, if I can save a buck, I want to save a buck, but no, that's I awesome. It. I didn't know that you were doing a code. So what's the code again and how much? Talking lead, 10%. Talking lead. Okay. I'm going to make sure we start announcing that. I'm writing it down. Ten percent. Is that going to work on the rifle cases when those come out? Yep. Fantastic. That is awesome. Very nice. Thank you for doing that. You got it. So we will definitely uh, pass that along. Let you leadheads know when those rifle cases are available. Uh, but you can go there now. You go to crackingcases.com. You can get the Icarus and you can get the Gamma. And uh, my Gamma. Did you send out? Did you send mine out? Oh, you got you're getting one. Okay. You gotta get a gamma and an Icarus, and then as soon as we get the rifle stock in, I'll get you one of those too. Okay. I didn't know if maybe because I don't check my front porch very often. It might be out there if you sent it. It'll be it'll it should be there by the end of the week. Okay. So it's definitely not here. To, should, should I go look? No, it won't be there today. Okay. I don't think it'll All be right. there today. How cool would that have been if it was there and I could open it up while we're <laughs> while we're on the show? There That'd it be is. awesome. <laughs> Uh, but another cool thing we didn't talk about it are there diff- there's different colors available for the the Kraken case. Um, yeah, so the, the gamma cases themselves. Yep. Yeah, so the gamma's in five colors, um, and then Icarus we are launching more colors uh, next week. So for the Icarus, which is a good sunglass size case, um, I think I brought my glasses in here. I'm gonna pop off screen for a second and grab some sunglasses. But this oh, is yeah. the Icarus case. Um, you know, one second. Sure. Um, but yeah, these, these cases are awesome. Lit has, I know you guys are going to love them. So 
Again, go to krakencases.com uh, for our listeners and those who are watching the video here. He's getting ready to show you how the sunglass case works here. Yeah, so another one of just people not knowing, like, all right, seems like it wouldn't fit. You got sunglasses in a small case. You can close it up. No issues whatsoever in terms of getting Crack your sunglasses the in there. You can, you know, beat them up and then pop it open and you're good to go. Um, so these small cases are perfect for that. We actually, we did a, um, a limited run for Variant 1 Knives for their Warhead um, knife that they were launching. And so that's one thing, too, that we're, we're doing is working with brands on customization. So we can, you know, with this, I mean, we can put really any logo we want in the in the lid. And we did that for Variant 1. We had V1 up in the lid up here. I saw that. Um, that was cool. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people are using them for those, which are there's a lot of high-end knives out there. People kind of have them all over the place. So really anything you can yeah. fit in here is perfect. And this for us was a good kind of sunglass case because, yeah. you know, it's it's a hold, good place to put hold it. Hold that up again. Especially if you're boating. Yeah. So another good, another good use for it, you know, a lot of people, um, antiques, you know, they have antique firearms and knives and, you know, things that yep. are very valuable and, uh, and they, you know, they travel around with them to different shows and things like that. This 100%. is perfect for something like that also. Yeah. And so, um, we'll have more colors available in Icarus next week. And then we actually will have the capability of having other colored foam, um, oh. within the next couple months. <laughs> so <clears throat> right now, black is the only color that we're doing, but we'll have, uh, five different colors that'll be available for the smaller cases to start. Uh -huh. Um, and then we will likely at some point in time, probably later this year or early next year, actually have colored foam for the rifle cases also. So this skin layer will be, you know, high vis, you know, reds or blues. Orange. Um, and you can see on our um, on our Instagram page, we actually posted uh, some of the stuff that we did earlier in the year, just kind of playing around in there with, uh, you know, more of like a, a design kind of splatter paint and things right. like that. And so it it'll give a lot of different characteristics that you do not have in other foams, which I are, like the idea know. of having something other than black. Um, just like in my, uh, in my bags, uh, when they've got that high vis orange on the inside, it's easier to see things in there and find them because, yep. you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of your accessories and everything is just black and it's going to, yeah. you know, it's going to, um, be hard to see with that, that black foam background. But yeah, I, I love the idea of, of color. Ooh, we could do a talking lead green. <laughs> Good, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's. Um, Thing for us is just creating something unique. You know, the foam itself is unique, but how else can we take things to another level to allow people to really kind of, you know, have an expression of themselves within the case rather than just a black on black that everybody has or gray. It's, you know, what else can we offer that people would like? And I think the color is definitely going to be something that people yeah, I mean, will. It's just another next level coolness that it's going to attract people and um, somebody who maybe normally wouldn't do it was like, Oh, that's, that's my favorite color. I got to have that yep. you know, kind of deal. So uh, that's smart. That's smart marketing right there is what that is. Now, you know, Easter's coming up. You know, that poses the question, can I, can I put my Easter eggs in there? You can. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we've had drop tests. <laughs> the, the highest that I've dropped test is 30 feet with six, 
you know, un, you know, just raw eggs. Really? And you did so, do that? Mm -hmm. That's cool. <clears throat> so you can definitely put... Is that a video you got there. on your Instagram or something? No. Um, I, <laughs> I just did it at, at my house because I was screwing around one day. got to do a video. Off, chucked it off the roof. Um, so we just moved into a new warehouse and we've got about a 20-foot drop and we're going to start doing daily drop tests and stuff within there. So we'll do that. That'll be our first one will be eggs. Eggs, because that's, that's going to be the thing, you know. If you can protect yep. an egg then you know everything else is golden we're going back to high school you know when you had to do like the <laughs> build your build your egg drop yeah so it's just a very high high cost uh, r d <laughs> egg drop experiment that we did um but no it'll definitely work it, it uh eggs eggs i have no concern whatsoever dropping see that that's how you release your new color line is you put like you have a different color case and a different color foam, two different colors, and you got all your colored Easter eggs in there. Yeah. For Easter. Drop them out. I know. Yeah. I always toy around with the idea of just shipping sample cases out to people with something, <laughs> random, something random and something breakable. Something random and in there and breakable. That would be funny as shit. I would love that. Ooh. Maybe yeah, and maybe we'll ship ship somebody that buys one here in the, in the next couple of weeks just a six pack of eggs inside of there. They're very cool. expensive now, so you know. You know what? Dollar. Another good idea would be, and maybe it's probably the worst idea ever. You might get PETA or somebody, <laughs> uh, some animal rights people. But if you did a goldfish in a in a goldfish bowl or bag or something like that, it... <laughs> <laughs> we'll do we'll do next day air, but uh, early morning delivery early on morning, that. Yeah. Or do a drop test. I don't know. You would get all kinds of shit for that. Torture. Oh, man. The hate, the hate we would get might be worth it. I don't know. <laughs> it might. It definitely might. Um, but, no, I'm excited about these cases. And, uh, you know, from day one when I saw them, Tom introduced them to me there at Gunsight. I was just like, ah, dude. It's one of those things like, why didn't I think of that? I know. I know. <laughs> And it's one of those things too, where we were like, I can't believe nobody thought of this. Yeah, you know, as we were doing it, it was always like a, are we sure nobody thought of, <laughs> thought of this? But, you know, there's nothing like it on the market. I can tell you that. Yeah, so nothing that I've ever seen. Um, well, that's cool, and I'm glad that you got the rifle cases coming out now too. And that's like you said. I mean, once you guys get this thing going, there's no telling. Sky's the limit uh, on what you can do. Hundred percent. What you can do with this foam, uh, man. I mean, there's just all kinds of applications that I can think of. Yeah, and I think, you know, for for people listening, the biggest thing is just making your life easier. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of different applications. There's a lot of stuff that you can do, but I'm sure most of the guys in the podcast are like me where they have a lot of different guns that they want to shoot, and yeah. they may be less likely to shoot them because it's a pain in the ass to pack all your stuff up and go to the range. Yeah, And so, you know, with the rifle case, with the pistol case, it it's couldn't be any easier than just throwing it in and closing the lid, which is ultimately what we always wanted to do was create a way to keep your stuff safe in a, in a better manner and also make your life easier. Yeah. I mean, to go in your gun safe, like I got a, I have a funny story. I won't say the name of the person as someone in the, in the gun industry that I was talking to very, very well known. And they're, they're at a suppressor company and I, I showed him the, the pistol case and he was like, you know what I do right now when I go to the range? He's like, I wrap my guns in towels and I put them in a gun in a rifle case and I go because I don't want to deal with pick and pluck foam. I don't want to deal with anything else. I just wrap them up in a towel and go. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that kind of usefulness of traditional foam is 
is what we were looking to combat because it's like that's that's the worst you know like the worst kind of uh thing that you can do and want to have to do is like show up to the range you got a bunch of towels in your case and you're like here i am with my what's the uh what's the largest piece of foam that you've that you've produced so the the rifle case ones are big i mean it the size really won't be an issue it's the it's the 42 inch rifle case is the biggest uh-huh. but we can go taller um probably the tallest we'd want to go is like four or five inches mm-hmm. and then because structurally as this as the foam expands and the cells create you know once you get above that it might start to lack so that's why we do yeah. layers um but you know, with the production process, we can go up to probably a 60 inch rifle case. Um, I'm just you know, thinking, creating you know, this, this, this stuff looks, you know, really comfortable. And uh, <laughs> I like to, I like to hike and camp out and, you know, yep. woodsy type stuff. And, uh, as you know, we were talking about that, I was thinking, what if I took that rifle case memory foam out, uh, Kraken foam, sorry, Kraken foam, and I laid on it. How comfortable would that be? You could. <laughs> like a bed. You could. I, hey, and then you can wipe it off when you're done if you sweat while you're sleeping. And or whatever you know. secretes out of you while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, if you're if you're hiking and you're camping, you're going to get pretty nasty after a day or two. If yeah. You're, if well, you I mean, you could throw, you know, you throw a sheet or something over it and, um, you know, you don't got to worry about the, the sweatiness, I guess. Um, but I was just thinking, you know, like a bed or, you know, some kind of like camping mattress or something would be. Uh, we've toyed we've toyed around with uh, actual kennel inserts for dogs for do- because yeah, ex- beds, um, yeah. you know my my dog is prone to uh, you know not be very nice inside his kennel and you wake up in the morning and you're like <laughs> dude I don't have time to clean this right now yeah it's not often but it's like when it happens you're like oh my god well just the, um, the you know the comfortability of it too to give them a a little more leisure or luxury in their life um, sleep yeah. One of the things, too, that I didn't mention with the rifle case, the middle insert, you can actually take that out and use that as a um, a pad when you're working on your guns. Yeah. Because of the the layer, it's almost it's like a rubbery um, layer, so your stuff's not going to move around up, up top. So yeah. you can actually take that out, set it on your workbench, and work on your gun on top of that. You know, you can clean your guns on it. You can put your parts on there. Wipe right off. And then just wipe it off right afterwards, yeah. which is a lot nicer than the traditional kind of neoprene mats that you have because those things get nasty and you can't clean them. They're just yeah. ruined. Well, we, we use the... Um Mission first tactical um, dump trays. I call them our armor, nice. armor trays uh, to work on our guns around here uh, at the Leadhead Brigade. Lead I like that. Um, yeah, mission first tactical. <laughs> Sponsors the Talking <laughs> Podcast, by the way. I like that. The Kiltec KSG 410 is the perfect sidekick with no kick. At just over an inch and a half wide, just over 26 inches long, and just over five pounds, you'll be hard pressed to find a more impressive 410 bore shotgun. In fact, it's the world's first and only pump action 410 bore bullpup shotgun. The side-by-side dual feeding tubes and one in the chamber delivers an impressive 11 round total capacity, making it as functional as it is fun. Innovation, performance, Celtic. You're new to the show. First time you've been on. Yep. I've got this line of questioning that uh, that I asked my, my 
my first time guest. And uh, the first question is, do you have any law enforcement military background? Nope. I am uh, I am as green as they come. As green as they come. <laughs> like me. <laughs> um, what did, did you go to college? What, what was your course of study? Yeah, so I went to Western Michigan University um, up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I have a degree in psychology, um, specifically organizational behavior management. Okay. I got a minor in behavioral psychology. Nice. Uh, yeah. So Michigan, so you've, you've been in Michigan all your life. So I was born in Omaha, actually, um, Nebraska, but then I moved to Michigan. My family moved to Michigan when I was three. So I'm almost 40, so I've been here almost my entire life, 37 years. Okay. Yeah, you're a young whippersnapper. <laughs> I don't feel that young these days, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> what was the first firearm that you ever shot? Oh, man. So the first gun I ever shot was probably a 20-gauge shotgun when I was, man, I had to have been about 10. My uncle took me to uh, just a range out in Nebraska when I was back there visiting family. Yeah. Um, would have been my first. And then I had a long lull after that. Um, and then one day I was probably 25. And I just, I hadn't shot a gun since then. And I was like, I don't know what happened. I just was like, I'm going to go shoot a gun. So I went to the gun range that was down the street from my house and I rented a 1911 45 cal and I shot it and I was like, okay, this is sweet. And then went and bought a gun right after that, bought a, <laughs> this was, this was like, I, I don't even like saying it, but this is like, you know, first time you buy a gun and you like, you have no one that's there kind of telling you what to do. And like, I, I literally bought on what I thought looked cool rather than right. anything else. And I bought a Beretta PX4 Storm, which I don't shoot ever anymore. Dude, I, I, mean, I, I confess, when those came out, I wanted one so bad. Yeah. But then cooler heads prevailed. Man, I grew up. I grew up on like the Desperado. The you know he was. Those were like Ruger P95s. I think is what those were. And you know everything that I ever saw or like you know knew about guns came from movies. Yeah. And so I literally was like, that looks like a movie gun. So I went and bought it, and then yeah, it things, did. Snow, things snowballed from there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got. I admit, when it it has a cool or it had a cool when it first came out, it was you know it was unique. It was different. Nothing else, you know, really was yeah on the market that looked like that and it was you know it was appealing look look you know the way it looked and that's what got me at first yeah it's also i don't fault ones, you for that that's i hey i am uh do you still I have, have no problem it, it i do i'll never sell it because it was the first gun i ever bought nice and it's just one of those things where it's it collects dust in the in the safe but i'll never get rid of it because it's got nostalgia yeah you know absolutely yeah why would you um, so that was the first gun you bought that you call call your own was that, mm -hmm. and then it's just snowballed from there. Then I got an M four hundred six hour M four hundred AR, and then it just and then I got like I got really into the arms lists, like buying and trading and selling, you know, doing that, yep. and just just started acquiring. Very identical to to my story and how I <clears throat> matured through through the firearms. Yeah, yeah. You can't um, help it once you start. No, <laughs> it's it's an addiction. There's no doubt about it. So, um, when it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to? Whether it's a movie, TV show, maybe it's a, a book or magazine or music. What what is it like your go-to that? Yeah, you know, that's my jam. When I'm gonna relax, kick back. <clears throat> 
Man, I tell you what. So I have two things that I do a lot. Um, I am like obsessed with audiobooks. I don't have time to read. And so I pretty much always have an Air, AirPod in my ear and I'm listening to a book or a podcast. Um, I actually just finished a book called uh, Dempsey. It's a series. Um, I don't remember the author's names, but it's uh, Tier One. Uh, no. So it's the series is called Tier One and it's about a. Um, a seal that was in a tier one squad and his whole you know his whole group got killed and then he got you know uh recruited into a black ops thing and it's like an eight series book but it's awesome it's like a jack carr style what's that it's a fiction fiction yeah okay um it's like a jack carr style you know type series but it's i would argue it's you know might be better than the I, i think it might be better than the um the Terminalist series, but, ah, okay. you know, everybody's got their own kind of, you know, flavor on that. So they are, I mean, I admit that <clears throat> I like the Terminalist series. I like the uh, James Reese uh, series. And then of course, you know, the Netflix, they came out with it on, on Netflix there. Nothing like the books though. Uh, no, they, they much different. It, changed it quite a bit, but um, yeah, I've been, I've been getting into several different authors, you know, and they all have their own, you know, different style and different, and I enjoy them each in different ways. So who's the author of this one, you said? It's two different guys. Let me look it up right now. It's oh, so. Still fresh. fresh you're giving on credit my, to both authors on this one? They're joint authors <laughs> that, uh, that write these books. Um, it is Andrews and Wilson. Let me see if I can find the actual names here. Yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'd like to check those out. But I'm into the audio books, too. I'm like you. It's just it's hard for me to sit down and and read yeah. anything. I've got uh, several. Brian Andrews and Jeffrey Wilson are the authors on this. So there's seven books in the series, and they're all really good. And then there's a spinoff called uh, Sons of Valor from another character that was in this series. And there's two books in that one, too. They're I mean, they're good. They're good listens, for sure. Okay. Uh, John, and then, um, John and Gilstrap is a good one if you've never checked out his books. Which one is that? John Gilstrap. I'll check that out. Uh, he he he's got a good uh, series on. Um, I can't remember the name of his his main guy. I'll, they're all running together now, but he's got a good series of action kind of thriller books like that too. Um, and then Stephen Hunter, uh, he's really good. Um, you know who Stephen Hunter is, right? No. So uh, Point of Impact, which is the book that um, Shooter was based on. Okay. Uh, I've had him on the show several times. He's going back. So his, you know, Bob Lee Swagger is his his main character in the books. Well, he's going back to Bob Lee Swagger's dad uh, and doing a series back like World War II stuff. Oh, nice. Or is it his granddad? Maybe it's his granddad. It's dad or his, is it dad or granddad? Either one. Uh, he's back in World War II, and he's he's doing a series of books on that, too. So that was really good. But one of the only books that I've been able to just, like, really sit down and read and get through, uh, and this guy was on my last episode. So you guys go back to the previous episode. Yehuda, you know you know who Yehuda is? Yehuda Reamer? The, pu- the Pew Pew Jew? Is what he goes no, by. No, I'll look, I'll look him up. So, bullet points, and it's reasons why America should embrace common sense gun laws. 
And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it for you. <laughs> That's awesome. It's blank. <laughs> That's awesome. I hope he sells a million copies. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I've been ha- I've been having fun with people. We uh, did it at Shot Show. Every time I do an interview, you know, I was like, "What do you think about this guy? This guy says he's you know pro two A, and you know he's 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 got he wrote a book about reasons why you should embrace common sense gun laws." And it, just listen <laughs> to the people start ranting, you know, going off and. He's like, well, you know, there's no such thing as common sense gun laws. Or I just, I mean, I don't know. This guy can't call himself two A. And then, and then I'll, you know, I'll go through the book like that, and they go, oh, <laughs> funny, That's cool, funny, funny. So, what about movie wise? What's your like favorite all time movie? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I wouldn't say Jurassic Park is my favorite movie, but I've seen it the it's most good one. out of anything. Um. I like the I idea, the concept that they could take, you know, they found, you know, DNA that's actually usable and they can, they can clone. Yeah. I like that idea that they could clone dinosaurs. Now, again, you know, just like they point out in the movies, just because you can, should you, you know, no, that's, deal. that's true. No, but I'm, I'm a sucker for the epics. Anytime in like a gladiator or hearts and I'll sit down and watch the whole thing. I mean, it's hard, it's hard not to. Um, when you mix history and good, uh, good movie making. Yeah. I'm a sucker for documentaries. I like watching a good documentary, uh, especially if it has to do with, you know, historical type stuff. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite? Favorite documentary? Uh, stuff that deals with UFOs and Bigfoot and (laughs) Hey man, you're talking to the right person right now. You uh, are talking to the right person. <laughs> I love a good conspiracy theory, man. Uh, it's cons- you know, it's conspiracy fact these days. I don't. Know you're, yeah. <laughs> there's no theories. It's just. Uh, I think I saw a meme the other day. It was like, you know, what is a conspiracy theorist? It's just someone that can predict the future. Yeah. So I take it that you, um, maybe not believe, but you 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 welcome maybe the idea of of aliens and UFOs. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the only question is, is it outer space or interdimensional? That's really where you, like, in Can my mind, both? the question lays. Can it be both? Could be both. Yeah, could be. Could be both. I think, um, I, I just, you know, I, if you if you go outside and you really start to think about it, if you were an ant or a worm or even a bird, we're alien to them. I mean, if you think about the mental process that would have to go through an animal to like if they were able to think um on the level that we are to say okay this per- like a in a red fire ant in south america and i just walk up and for them to comprehend that i came from north america which is an impossible feat of travel for them yeah it it puts in perspective the idea of like okay well on a long enough timeline, could they evolve into something that's able to like think and plan and use tools and do what we have? Um, the answer is likely yes. But and they so, do think and they do plan because I mean they are they're colonies and they all work together and <clears throat> they they build and you know they survive and and thrive on one another. But they don't even know that we that are they aware of us? I don't even think they're aware of us. Even if they saw us, they wouldn't. Probably they just crawl on us, you know. There's like, oh, this yeah. is just another obstacle in my way to, 
to do my task, you know, yep. kind of deal. So, so for me, like I have a hard time like being an absolutist to say like, no, this is not possible. There's no such thing as aliens. If you, if you just relate it to the simple balance of the, the earth that we're on and say like, man, you look around and every single thing that you see outside, that's not a human being probably thinks about us the way that we would think about aliens. And yeah. so, you know, there's no way that there's not something else out there that's either visiting us, even if they're not visiting us, there's, there's definitely going to be life somewhere else in the in the universe. I mean, there has to be just uh, with the limitless <clears throat> possibilities of the size. I mean, we don't even know the size of everything out there. You know, I call it no. the universe, but it goes beyond that. And like you, you're talking about dimensional when you get into different dimensions and where's that and you know how do you get to that? And I have no clue. Great. I mean, it's mind blowing. But good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're open to the idea of. Yeah. No, man. I could. I could talk about this stuff all day. I just. Um, I like sitting around and kind of pondering the uh, the unanswerable. Um, yeah. You know things. It's just. Positing, it's more interesting sitting around and reading the newspaper. Positing the questionable. I like. I like <clears> doing <throat> that. Definitely. All right. Next question is. Um, what is your next gotta have, wanna have? Uh, as soon as you get the opportunity, you're gonna go out and it's yours. It's like it's, I'm just waiting. Anything, anything I could buy? Uh, yeah, anything that you're. It's like I'm eyeing this right now. I'm gonna. That's what I'm getting today. Like I went out and and bought a pair of uh <laughs> of new workout pants today. It's like ah, I gotta have those. So. Nice. What kind were they? Uh, New Balance. Okay. New Balance. I, I bought a pair um, the other day. I wore them, and I got a compliment on them, so I went out and bought another pair. So. <laughs> I was like, that's the cincher, so I'm going to go get me. I bought two new, two other pairs. So, But just as an example, or maybe there's a gun, or maybe there's a vehicle out there that you're like, yeah, I'm getting ready. You know, As soon as I get to 100,000 miles on this thing, I'm going to trade in and get a you know, whatever. What's your next got to have, want to have? The the next god I have for me is I like I'm kind of obsessed with resto mods right now like old school cars that are fixed up I yeah. as we move into this like everything's autonomous EV I am I don't even care if it's nicely restored I want something that doesn't have a satellite uplink and a connection to OnStar you know yeah. you connect Can't be anything. Tracked. Yeah, I just want something that I know will work and isn't going to be remotely shut off and is just a, you know, a old school car that I can just drive every day and not have to screw around with, you know, paying for services and all this stuff. I I just I feel like the older I get, the more I'm reverting back into like wishing I was in the the 70s, Turn 60s, it into 50s. my parents, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So I think, you know, uh, I spend so much time, you know, working on the case stuff and, you know, everything else. It's, I think, <clears throat> you know, if I was going to go out and just buy something today, it'd probably be some form of, you know, old truck or old, uh, you know, I want old a Jeep. Def I want a Defender, an old Defender 110. Oh, yeah. Like Those a, are sweet. Like a 90 or pre-90. Um, that's been, you know, I want to, that's been refurbished. Kind of deal, but those are, without the those are awesome. but without the tracking shit, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, money be damned, laws be damned. What would you own? Land. Money be damned and laws be damned. I mean, shit. If it's guns, though, 
I mean, it could be I, anything. The money's no object, and laws are no don't come into play. Oh man, I feel like if there was no money associated with it, and there were no laws, I think I would probably. I don't know. I, yeah, I know. What's the pretty, first thing that comes to mind? You pretty, said land. I mean, that's the first thing that came to your mind. So why would you buy land and what would you do with it? Man, I'll and tell you what. how much land? I, I am an obsessive stalker on Zillow. There is an island that's like right off the coast of uh, of Michigan. It's $4 million. And it's like 250 acres. And it's just two miles off the coast. It's got like a lighthouse and all this shit on there. It's pretty awesome. That's probably what I would buy. And if there were no laws, then I wouldn't. I'd just set up there and not pay the taxes and not <laughs> not do shit. Would you fortify it? I mean, you'd have to. Okay. You know, like okay. once you once you get into that, I mean, it depends on what you're using it for. Like if you're if you're setting it up for, uh, hey, come hell or high water, I'm going to be here. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah. have you know some drones and put some you a little landing strip and, in there. Tell you what, you could put a really nice fifty cal up in that <laughs> up in that. Uh, 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 lighthouse. You could do mini guns around, you know. Yeah. Around oh yeah. The whole, the whole so, thing there. M- money be damned. I'd probably go and buy that island right now. There you just because it'd be sweet. Yeah. But you'd stay in Michigan, huh? <laughs> I like it here. <laughs> I could tell. I like Michigan. I could tell. Um. Next, we talked about the UFOs and, and Bigfoot and all that, and you, you're you're open to the concept then. I, I, I tell you what, one one thing on Bigfoot, I got a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Missing 411? That sounds familiar. I probably watched that. What is... So the guy's name oh, is yes. David Politis. Yes, yeah. I have watched that. Yeah. yeah. So I ask because a lot of people think, after listening to a lot of the stories and that, that Bigfoot is an interdimensional creature yeah. rather than... Uh, you know, a domestic um, relic of uh, of years past. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I, inter- interesting take on it. I think that's far fetched, but I don't think Bigfoot exists. I don't think there is a Bigfoot out there, but I like the idea of a Bigfoot. It's like Loch Ness monster. It's been proven pretty much without a shadow of a doubt there is no Loch Ness monster because yeah. that that one photo that came out back in the, was it the fifties or sixties. You know, just the the one that started everything. The guy admitted that it was a hoax. Yeah. Um. Not not too many years ago. So you know the Bigfoot thing. I like the idea, and I would go on a Bigfoot hunt just to play with all the gadgets. You know, I would have the thermals and the night visions and the drones, and you know, I would have all the gadgets out there um, looking for. Do I not? Yeah, but, I mean, it's something to do. It'd be fun. Yeah, it's something to do. And then if you did come across, maybe you discovered a whole other species, you know, that because there are there are animals and, you know, things out there that we haven't discovered yet on our own planet. They're still out there. Would you would you shoot Bigfoot? I would if you came across it. If he was trying to kill me, I would. I would my intentions would not be to kill him when hunting. When I say hunt, it would be fine. I, mean, I would want to find him, but I would be armed to the teeth, and I would have I would tranquilizers. I'd trank that mofo. I guess it's hard. It's hard to say because if you are the if you're in a position to be able to prove that Bigfoot exists, oh, I'm going to trank him. 
I want to capture him. him. I mean, I want to capture him. I don't want to kill him. I want to capture him. Hey. But then I would also, once I did that, I would go to some. I would not disclose my location. Nobody would know where I was or where he was, and it would be very secretive. <laughs> Marty and the Hendersons. Marty and the Hendersons. That's right. <laughs> All right. Last question. If you could spend the day at the range, and the range is just kind of a, oh, it could be any, you know, if you want to spend the day with somebody or any group of people, whether they're dead, alive, or fictional, who would it be and why? I like, I like doing the range. So. Damn, that's a good question. Um, First thing comes to mind. Shit. Spend the day at the range with anyone dead or fictional. I tell you what, I would probably choose uh, something, something weird like, uh, you know, uh, old school samurais that have never seen guns. Oh, that would be cool. (laughs) And go and and uh, and go and shoot all day and see what the reaction was. And get a real, you know, like holy shit, what, what is happening right now? Yeah, go do something, do something kind of weird like that. Yeah, like time travel, bring some people back from from the past that had never seen a firearm before, and yep. introduce them to the firearms and see what they what their reaction would be. Yeah, but those guys too are like, uh, you know, true kind of old school warriors. Yeah, so. To kind of get them out there and see what you know, what they I, you got to feel like they would probably catch on pretty quick with that mindset. Oh yeah, and then they would probably be the baddest mofos ever to to wield <laughs> yeah. a firearm. He probably would be. You know, yeah, I like that. That's a good. We've never had that answer before. That's a good one. I like that. Well, there you go, Ben. You made it through. Hey, the new guy, new guy, new guy, and sometimes a girl questions, and you survived. So you are now an official <laughs> leadhead. How's it feel? All right. Good. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. Feeling, feeling quite uh, refreshed about the whole thing. Yeah, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be on, Ben, and uh, filling in the leadheads about Kraken cases. And uh, they're awesome, man. I, I really like them. I think you guys have, you know, again, I like innovation. I like people who are coming out with innovative products and ideas, services, and you guys definitely fit that mold because this is something completely new that that hasn't been in the firearms industry, at least um, that I've seen. Yeah, I appreciate it, and that's and that's what we're going for is, you know, something that people haven't seen before, delivering it in a way that is more effective for them and is going to keep their gear safer and make their life easier. I mean, that's really at the end of the day what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I like it. Um, if you ever need ideas on stuff, just give me a you know give me a shout. I'm full of them, as you can. As you just hey, saw. <laughs> I was serious about the carry-on case. We're going to be in touch. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely talk about it. I've got, you know, NRA's coming up. It is coming up. Only, what, is that three weeks away? Four weeks away? Uh, Yeah. It's, Mid, it's mid-April, right? Yep. I believe so. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Are and, you setting up down there? It, yeah. So thank you for reminding me. Uh, so, Leadheads, we are going to be at NRA, and we're going to be at the Caltech booth. We'll have the lead quarters set up there. So if any of you leadheads are going to be at the NRA in Indy, it's in Indy this year, um, come by and see us because we're going to have a great time. We'll probably have some giveaways. We're uh, ironing out all that right now. The guys just got back from Germany. Uh, Keltec went to Iwa. It was the first time that they uh, had gone to Iwa. So 
I'm getting them a little t little time to decompress from that, and then we're going to jump on, and then you'll start watching the social meds, and uh, we'll fill you in on everything that we're going to be doing there at, at NRA. So are you going to be there, Ben? I will see you there. Okay, that sounds good. Are you going to have a, a booth with Kraken? No, we're not uh, we're not booth ready just yet, but probably okay. next year is when we'll start having trade show presents, I think. Okay, are you going to bring them? You're going to have yeah. some Okay, well, come by, and I'll introduce you to the – the Caltech crew, and they would love to, to see those. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, but like you said, that's mid-April. I don't know the dates. I guess I could look it up here. Let's give everybody the I, dates. I want to say it's the 16th to the 19th. 23. It is the NRA annual meeting in Indy, Indianapolis, is April 14th through the 16th. There you go. I was close. I mean, that's right in as mid-April as you can get right there. Right smack dab in the middle. So, <laughs> Leadheads, come out, see us. Maybe Ben will be there. Uh, we'll show you a cracking case. Maybe he'll drop one off there and we could show everybody. Uh, I'll leave him there with you for sure. Or just go to his website, crakingcases.com, and use that Talking Lead discount code, which is Talking Lead. And you're going to get 10% off your purchase at Kraken Cases. So thank you for that, Ben. We really appreciate it. You got it. Uh, and always, uh, Leadheads, go support those that make this show possible. Mission First Tactical. Go to their website. Use the code LEADHEAD. Get 20% off there. Our good buddies at SEAL1. If you want to take out your Kraken Case foam and clean your guns, uh, SEAL1 is going to be the product that you're going to want to use to clean your firearms with because it is bio-friendly, non-toxic, uh, and it smells good too. Uh, but this is going to keep your guns clean, going to keep the corrosion away, uh, and you can use it on other things too, especially any of your marine products, like on your rod and reel, you can put it on there. It's going to help protect all that as well. SEAL1.com, SEAL1 and done. Use the code LEADHEAD, 25% off at SEAL1. And those cleaning rods that they've uh, come out with should be uh, available very soon. So go check their website for those new cleaning rods that they came out with. Uh, and then uh, Logdown, you like these nice little display walls I've got behind me that you see here if you're watching the video? Uh, the secure wall from Lockdown, you can go to their website and any of their products there. They've got good, good products for your safe. Um, you can use the code LEADHEAD. It's 15% off at Lockdown. We've got Keltec going to be sponsors for the uh, NRA. And you can go to their website, use the code LEADHEAD. You see I got this cool Keltec hat on. So you can use that code to get any of their swag. They've got other things there. They've had flashlights. They've had knives. Um, they've got cases, accessories, anything but their firearms. You can use that code Leadhead, and you're going to get 15% off at Caltech. And then I'm headed to New York this weekend, uh, Ben. I'm going to go uh, and get some uh, tactical medical training. Nice. From our friends at Medicine in Bad Places. And I'm actually going to New York. <laughs> That's a perfect place to do it. <laughs> of all places. Um, going to go to New York. <clears throat> but you guys go to Medicine in Bad Places, go to their website. And you can use the code LEADHEAD, and you're going to get 20% off medicine in bad places. Uh, any of their med kits or medical products that they have there, tourniquets, 
Um, anything on their website. And they've got some cool swag, too. Um, they've got some bottle openers and some cool, um, I call them leddies. These cups, I call them leddies. Oh, those are cool. Um, but they've got some stuff. And they got leather ones. they got some leather ones uh, with their logo. So pretty cool stuff there at Medicine in Bad Places. Leadhead, all caps, and you're going to get 10% off there. Uh, and you see this awesome shirt that I'm wearing, Talking Lead logo T-shirt, um, that would work great for St. Patrick's Day. That's coming up. It's got green in it. Keep you from getting pinched. Go to 1776 united.com <laughs> Talking Lead, 20% off, 1776 United. And then our Factory 47 for our AK Corner um, logo to apparel that's got this logo on it, hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts, Go to Factory47, F-A-K-T-O-R-Y-47.com and get any of the uh, AK Corner products. Use the code LEADHEAD, get 10% off there. We like taking care of our listeners, Ben. We like rewarding them with discounts. So we appreciate you jumping on board with that, with the Kraken cases. Again, talking lead is the code there, 10% off. Uh, So, uh, Ben, if I don't see you before NRA... Um, I definitely will talk to you because when my case comes in, I'll give you a call and uh, I'll let you. We'll know be talking before then for sure that it came in. But yeah, I look forward to seeing you there. And uh, again, Leadheads, come by and see us at NRA Caltech booth. I don't know the number yet, uh, but we'll be putting that out soon. Uh, but until then, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close and your cracking case with your firearm in it closer.